It is Monday, October 2nd, and welcome to 49ers Wake Up. Hopefully the coffee is hot because the 49ers certainly are. Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger, we are simulcasting on both of our channels, and the disruption is real. So is the takeover. And Larry, so are the 49ers. They look real. They look spectacular through four weeks of play. Undefeated, looking strong. Brock Purdy had an incredible day. Christian McCaffrey had an amazing day. Brandon Ayuk Damon had the quietest, you know, what was it, uh, eight catches, almost 150-yard day that you're ever going to see. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw combined for 20, 20 tackles and 16 solo. And, yes, the 49ers will roll into week five national TV against the Dallas Cowboys, 4-0. and oh. It is a great morning. Wake up, 49ers. Now, there you go. 49er Wake Up with uh, brought to you by Palmetto Superfoods. We're talking Niners. We're talking Acai Bowls. We're talking Purdy. We're talking idiots that rip Purdy. Oh, what a great morning. I can't wait. It is a good morning. And hopefully, look, we know that we've had a, a very high audio level on Larry, and I was low. We've tried to fix that, so tell us how we're doing. Hopefully, it sounds good, but it certainly looks good for the 49ers, Larry, and this show is basically a two-hour free-form conversation between two guys who have been around this team for the better part of 20 years covering it. Uh, you are inside that locker room. You are on campus at all times, and man, you asked a great question to Kyle Shanahan about that one incomplete pass, and that's all it was. Uh, let's start <laughs> <laughs> Let's start, Larry, with just the facts, shall we? Because, you know, like opening any sort of case, you want to present the facts to the jury as they consider what to walk away with. Well, here's a fact. The last time the 49ers started 4-0, they went to a Super Bowl. I mean, it's not causation. It's a little more correlation, but it's good to know. And it's really good to know that yesterday, Brock Purdy, the guy who had some breathless overreaction to training camp interceptions, had the fourth highest completion percentage in NFL history. He was only fraction away from the number one spot. Purdy set a franchise record for completion percentage, minimum 20 attempts with a 95.2 afternoon from a completion wow. percentage standpoint, Larry, I challenge anyone watching today, go put Madden on an actual competitive setting and try to do that on a video game, much less in real life in an actual football game. Try to do that on your PlayStation 5. Try to go 20 to 21 with any quarterback on PlayStation 5. I dare you. Like, that's how hard that is to do. And it was one of the finest moments of a young career that we've seen so far. Yes. And, you know, um, my my good friend, uh, Mark Adams, who writes for 49er Web Zone, Mark and I are trying to partner up to get Roger Craig in the Hall of Fame. He's got a phenomenal story on 49er Web Zone this morning saying 49ers Brock Purdy leads offensive masterclass versus Cardinals and, and the key takeaways. And th Damon, that's what this was. Purdy's first incompletion didn't even happen until the third quarter. 20 of 21, 283, one touchdown. The guy is, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I don't even know what to say. He's amazing. I, I, I was on yesterday with Lo Neal in the pregame, 
and we had Larry Centers on, the former Cardinals fullback. And Larry Centers played with a number of teams. He finished up, believe it or not, with the New England Patriots the year that the Patriots beat uh, the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl. And so I asked him, I said, you played with Tom Brady. Is, you know, is there, have you seen a quarterback since that reminds you of Tom Brady? And he said, yes, Brock Purdy. Um, I'm reading an article yesterday on, on, I think it was Matt Mayoko, NBC Sports Bay Area. He interviews Brent Jones. Brent Jones says Brock Purdy reminds him of Joe. I mean, this is, I mean, forget you, me, and anybody. These are guys who played in, you know, in the NFL for a combined 20 years and went to like eight Pro Bowls and, and Larry Centers was an all-pro fullback and these guys who are not prone to say outrageous things uh, are not saying anything on a YouTube show. They're not making videos hoping for traction. Uh, these guys are comparing Brock Purdy to the gr two greatest quarterbacks that have ever played, Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Now, it may be you can say what you want. You can say, hey, dial it all down, this and that. But I think we all need to kind of recalibrate what we're talking about with this guy. I went into the locker room, talked to Willie Sneed, talked to Colt McKivitz, talked to Drake Jackson. They all were glowing. Willie Sneed, who played with Drew Brees, is like, I love that guy, man. I love that guy. And I said, Willie, you got time for a couple minutes today? And he's like, man, I got my whole family standing out in the corridor waiting for me to shower up. We're going to go get some some dinner. I said, Willie, no no sweat, bro. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up later this week. He goes, I will give you this, though. He's like, he's like, I love that guy. And I, I saw it early on. Um, and and he's just, he's he's quiet. He's humble. But he's an intense, competitive guy. And I said, what's, what's the secret of Purdy at its core? at his core and he says he's like work the guy works well damon i mean you you know you know that better than anybody i mean that's what it takes to be good at anything right you got to work at it and that's what brock does i guess according to his teammates he works at it well especially in an offense that demands a level of detail and consciousness and awareness that the kyle shanahan offense demands and purdy just looks to seem born not only physically right for the offense, but mentally right for the offense as well. And it's just all lined up in a way that is such an incredible start to a career. Again, look, uh, you know, to say you might be Joe Montana, you might be Tom Brady is, you know, that's crazy. It's, it's almost too much. But then when you say, well, you can't project what the future is going to look like. You can only go to the past to see how it started. The truth is Brock Purdy is better than both Tom Brady and Joe Montana combined. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where it starts getting nuts. It's not in the future projection. It's what he's already accomplished. Like we have Brock Purdy putting up 30 points or more streaks with consecutive win streaks that are now starting to dwarf other streaks that have happened in the 49ers record book. When you look at the amount of points scored per game to start a year, you can draw a straight line between the start of Brock Purdy and uh, the absolute apex of Peyton Manning with the Denver Broncos, Larry, 
And I think it was that, what, that 2013 Denver Broncos team is the team that set the all-time single-season scoring record with 606 points. So not only is Brock Purdy being mentioned with Steve Young and Joe Montana and the 49ers record book, he's doing something else that only Peyton Manning has done in this league. And the start is truly remarkable. He is 9-0 and in the regular season. It is the third longest winning streak to begin an NFL career behind only Ben Roethlisberger, who's going to go to the Hall of Fame on his own talent and merit. And then Mike Tomzak, who was riding the the chemtrails of the 85 bears defense in that 86 season, Mike Tomzak won 10 right. in a row. Wow. Uh, you know, so, but, but that I'm not going to say that Mike was solely responsible for that. No one is solely responsible for anything on a football field and shouldn't be, you know, judged as such, but uh, Brock Purdy is constantly seeing his name on not just the lists with like hall of famers, but the inner sanctum of hall of famers is where Brock Purdy sees his name often on early career returns. He's been extraordinary. Anyone, anyone who spent the entire off season trying to tell you what this guy isn't and what Trey Lance might be is so detached from actual football reality that we don't need to burn anybody down. We don't need to rob anyone of their credibility because actual football has already done that. Imagine being a Brock can't play salesman. <laughs> it's going to be a rough day at work for you this month, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. And they, and, and, you know, here's the thing too. Why, you know, all I would say to anybody it's this ain't about you. This is about him. And you know what? Yeah, maybe some of us, and I'll say us, even though you know I was all over it early, but even I was not all, all you know, all, all over it as early as some. Brock Purdy is a great story going way, way back, Damon. This guy had set, he he was recruited to Alabama. He only went to Iowa State out of loyalty. Out of out of out of fit, he thought felt it was a better fit. But this guy in 2017, Damon, was the Arizona Gatorade Player of the Year. He set state records. He threw for 4,400 yards and 57 passing touchdowns in high school. Okay, I mean the guy lost 20 pounds as a junior in high school due to mono and led his state led his team to the state semifinals, and then goes to Iowa State and gets on the field in a hurry and starts eight of, of 10 games in 2018 as a freshman, he goes honorable mention Big 12 as a freshman. He was sixth in the nation in FBS and passing efficiency as a freshman. I mean, full-time. That's a conference that cranks out pro quarterbacks. <laughs> and, you know, he came back as the full-time starter his sophomore year. Um, he became the team captain at Iowa State. He's got, he set like 18 school single-season records. Um, and, you know, in his second year on his way to becoming second team, all big 12, um, you know, I mean, the Cyclones got to the big 12 championship game with, with Brock Purdy. You watch a lot of college football. I watch a lot of college football. The Cyclones weren't in any championship game before he got there. They were one and eight after he left. I mean, the guy's got like 32 school records. Now he was an academic all American. I mean, the guy's big time. The guy is big time. He's the son of a pro athlete. It's an athletic family. His brother, um, you know, has played college football. Um, 
at Florida State. His father played minor league baseball at Miami and then was in the Giants farm system. Um, you know, I mean, this guy was a four-year starter in college. It's like we he was a team leader. He was a two-time team captain. I mean, we all just missed it. And the the, the thing about it is he, what you see when you watch him you the only the only one of his measurables damon that really is off the charts is the 10 yard split he ran a 155 10 yard split coming out that to put that in perspective he gets Tyreek like corner Tyreek Hill <laughs> Tyreek Hill runs a 150 the fa- the quickest fastest guy you may maybe any of us have seen since Barry Sanders r- runs a 150 Brock Purdy's at 155 so he's got an incredible um, quickness in a short area. But the rest of his gifts are all between the ears, and it's right here, heart, and it's unbelievable competitive fire. We all have that person in our life that we came across that's insanely competitive. And that's what Jeter was. That's what Buster is. That's what Joe Montana was. These guys that have that super compete gene. And that's what he's got. He's got the he's got the physical traits uh, as the son of a pro athlete, and he's got unbelievable quickness. Um, he's grounded by his faith, and he's he's right now he's playing at a really really high level. And you can say the 49ers lucked out, and they did, but um, and they'll admit they did. But you know, don't deny what you see right now and be like, well, if he wins seven Super Bowls. Dan Marino was maybe one of the greatest throwers of the football of all time. He has none. Right. So no, what, what no, are we waiting for? There's no maybe about it. He was. Uh, the The thing that you said that really caught my ear was that super competitive gene. Like if we could take Brock Purdy, boil him down to his ingredients and separate, you know, the the, the attributes from the attributes, and I could put one of his attributes into my children, it would be that super competitive gene, the guy who wants it, the relentless, doesn't stop working when the lights go off type of competitive athlete is harder and harder to find in the sports world these days. It's also, Larry, harder to find in what we'll call the blue chippers, the top prospect kids, the kids who have been given a wide berth in their developmental track and have coddled and been told how special they are. And that's why a hard worker can show up in a room full of physical freaks and play better than all of them. I mean, it's really a part of true athletic greatness to have that desire to work and grind and out just hustle before the game even starts and Purdy drips in that. And if you wanted to give one big blanket compliment to the entire San Francisco 49ers roster, that gene is shared by many Larry, that ultra competitive gene is shared by many guys on this team. That's what makes them special. That's what makes them dangerous. That's what makes them one of the hardest outs in all of football. They do not quit. They've never rolled over. Even in Shanahan defeats, I've never seen the rollover and die game from the San Francisco 49ers in the 49er era. And we're watching rollover and die games, you know, all the time. You can see it happening mid fourth quarter. The other team's like, all right, let's start thinking about next week. You know, the 49ers don't do that. (laughs) 
And that speaks to a level of super competitor that Kyle Shanahan is, that John Lynch is, and that all trickles down. So this is a team that is physically loaded and mentally prepared. And that's when excellence starts hitting football fields. No doubt. No doubt. And it's like not everybody who has that super competitive gene goes on to become a great quarterback. Sometimes they're lawyers. Sometimes they're doctors. Sometimes they're bus drivers. Sometimes they're school teachers. Sometimes but they're YouTube hosts. Sometimes they're YouTube producers. The guy <laughs> who produces this show, the great Kevin Kruger, my oldest son, I was telling Bob Sargent in the hallway after the game last night, he's like, he's like, yeah, man, this guy's a comp this guy's a competitor. And we were talking about how I went up to um, to Brandon Allen, and we were talking about Brand Brandon Allen's like, I said, what do you like to do outside of football? He's like, I love to play golf. And I go, you're going to drag Brock out there? And he's like, you know, he doesn't play. He doesn't play. Otherwise, I'd take his money. So I go to the podium because we were talking to Brock later that day, and I said, Brandon Allen says that he's the best golfer on the team, Brock, and uh, that he would drag you out there, but, you know, he feels bad taking your money. And then Brock starts talking about how, well, you know, my dad was kind of a fisherman, so I used to fish the ponds on the golf course. Um, he goes, but, you know, and I couldn't play golf in the off season because of the elbow thing. He goes, and, but then he, he comes around to his answer, and he's like, but I'll get good enough to take his money. And so Sarge and I were laughing about that, right, Damon? And I tell him about my oldest son, Kevin, and I said, you know, Kevin's got that, my oldest son's got this competitive gene. When he was four, he, we had we had Benjamin, our third child, and we brought him home from the hospital. We're like holding him right there. We're like, hey, what do you think of your baby brother? And he's like, put him on the ground and let's see if he can crawl. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a newborn. And so it's like I, I recognize that in my oldest son. He is an insanely competitive person, and he wants to win really, really bad. And it's just a trait that is – it is – it is somewhat rare, and then um, Purdy's got it. Purdy's got that. I want to beat you, and it, and but the work ethic that comes along with it, Damon. There were a lot of media people Thursday that were kind of pushed out of shape because the Niners had a three o'clock media deal. It was late in the afternoon, and we were supposed to get Wilkes and Forster and Purdy. Well, sometimes they come in a row. Well, they didn't this time. They opened up the locker room, so now it's like four thirty, and Brock comes into the room. And so some of us have been waiting for a half hour in the room for him. And he walks in. Of course, the first thing he says is, sorry, guys, sorry to keep you waiting and this and that, which how many pro athletes would even have the presence of mind to do that, right? But then, it, it, you know, it's like, what's he doing in those extra in that extra time? It was like, he's doing another meeting. And I talked to him. I said, what's your, what's your, what's your routine night before a game? And Damon, he's like, you know, I like to just, you know, have a nice meal with my, you know, girlfriend. And then I just kind of go through the, go through what I'm, uh, what I'm doing, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing the next day. I'm going through the, you know, play by play and just kind of thinking about my checks and until I have it like kind of mastered. So, you know, you can love football, but how many guys really love the process of football? And that's what you, you know, we see football on a Sunday, but the process of football is what goes on the rest of the week. And the guys who really are great at it are the guys who love the process of football. And I'm not banging on Jimmy, but Jimmy was a guy that that played fo plays football, but I don't think he really loved the process of football. I think he loved getting away from it. Some guys are dying at the facility. They're looking at their watch, dying to get to the facility. Some guys are dying 
you know, while, at, while they're at the facility looking at their watch, dying to get home. Brock is a guy that loves the process of pro football, the film, the lifting, the meetings, the everything that goes into trying to prepare yourself to win on Sunday. And that's, I think, largely why he's special. Well, and that's where the edge of greatness is found because it is an awfully big show that we see on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday is some of the hardest work that there is on the planet for these guys. I mean, it ain't easy being a football player and you have to embrace the grind. You have to love the suck to get to that one opportunity for a, you know, a, a, a slight few hour window of glory that players allow themselves after a regular season win and then should you get to the ultimate glory that is the Super Bowl, you're allowed then a couple weeks to celebrate before you get back to work. There is no sport where getting back to work is as important part of the success process as it is in football. It's a total grind. And right now, the 49ers have grounded out an incredible start to their year. Not only are they sitting looking offensively superior, defensively sound, and undefeated at 4-0. and They're titanically healthy compared to some of the other teams in this league, and it is just as good of a first-month start for the 49ers as they've had since I've been covering them. So it's a really, really great start. And we want to welcome all of you who are starting your day with Damon Bruce and Larry Kruger. It's 49ers Wake Up, and we're brought to you by Palmetto Superfoods. Larry Bring up the promo code. <laughs> Let's show the people how they can go ahead and start eating delicious, healthy. It's a great snack at the end of your day. It is a great morning starter. The acai bowl at Palmetto Superfoods is nutritious. It's delicious. You look at me and Larry, you say to yourself, these guys don't look like guys who would eat acai bowls. But we did, and we instantly said, this is delicious. Why do we like it? It must be packed with sugar and a whole bunch of fat and all that stuff. Nope. The whole thing is all naturally sweetened. It technically falls under the umbrella. Oh, man, I hate this word. Uh, to me, this isn't a selling point, but it's the truth. It's vegan, for goodness sakes. Like, it's officially <laughs> good for you, and it's delicious, Larry. Everyone should go and try an acai bowl at Palmetto Superfoods. You scan that QR code. It'll bring you to their app. The promo code DBLK15 gets you 15% off a one-time purchase from now to the end of the season. So go ahead and try it. You try it once, you will be on board with Palmetto Superfoods in the acai bowl. You know, we met Charles, the owner um, of Palmetto Superfoods, and, you know, great guy, impressive guy. Um, and he has come up with a product um, blend, you know, that is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if you're looking for, you know, something, you know, everybody's got that January 1st, I got to get to the gym. You know, I used to work at a gym and people would join like crazy after New Year's Day. I got to get in shape. I got to do something right for me, myself. What you eat in the morning is your fuel for the day. And this stuff is you you have you have an acai bowl and the beautiful thing about it it's 100% customizable. The one that we had was spectacular, but it's sweetened by, you know, f real fruit, bananas and strawberries and uh, just some incredible stuff and it's it's take I mean, it's one of those very few things in life. Try it. 
and you'll love it. That's all you got to do. You want to be a huge acai bowl nut going forward? Try it one time. One time. One time. Brock Purdy, I guarantee you, would would he probably has an acai bowl before he went out there yesterday and did his thing because it is, you know, it, everybody loves that meal that makes you feel great. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where that that gives you energy, and you know you're gonna sit down at some greasy spoon and have a bacon and eggs and you know weigh it down. Only thing that's gonna send you is into some kind of a nap, you know. And and it's and, you know and you're not gonna be better for the experience. Go down to Palmetto Superfoods and get an acai bowl. They've and got and locations all through. Yeah, Rockin' New Air 84 says no locations in the East Bay. We'll just wait. They're coming to Berkeley. They're coming to Walnut Creek. They're expanding. Yes. And someday Larry and I will be with Charles ringing the opening bell on the New York Stock Exchange as they go public and uh, are, are trading acai bowls like it's a tech company. That's how good it is. This thing is going to grow, and we're – thrilled to have palmetto superfoods on as the debut and title sponsor of 49ers wake up and back to football we go larry will bring the promo code back in just a little bit oh you took it all down we got naked all of a sudden look at us oh, wait a second. hold on hold you took on it all down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you since we're talking about the streak there the we go there we are there we go uh the 49ers have won 14 straight regular season games amazing is that good enough for you because it's the second longest winning streak in franchise history it was only a season that wrapped around from 89 to 90 so we're getting into you know some real glory day years for the 49ers to find regular season success like this uh it is the longest active winning streak in the nfl their point streak larry They've now scored 30 or more points in each of their first four games. It's the first time in franchise history that the 49ers have done that. It is the seventh consecutive regular season game that the team has eclipsed 30 points. Uh, dating back to week 16 of 2022, it's the longest streak since at least 1970 that the 49ers have done that. They're the first team in the NFL to score 30 or more points in seven consecutive regular season games, Larry, since the Denver Broncos between the 2012 and 2013 seasons, week 15 to week four. And that was Peyton Manning, as I said earlier, at his peak with the Denver Broncos. That is the 2013 team that set the still standing NFL record for 606 points scored. So not only is Brock Purdy in conversation sidling up against Joe Montana and Steve Young every time you look up, he's now officially coming for Peyton Manning. <laughs> what more do you want? What more do you want? And it's just, uh, it, it's an incredible story. The origin of Brock Purdy only makes it that much more interesting. If he had been the number one overall pick of a draft, everyone said, well, I would expect this from him. I expect this from him. Did you see that Patrick Mahomes got outplayed last night? I saw that. For the first time in his career, he got outplayed by the other team's quarterback, which just stunningly enough was Kevin Wilson. Um, and, and the Chiefs still won, and Taylor Swift won the night, and congratulations to Kansas City and all its fans. But even the greatness of Patrick Mahomes has trouble looking great week in, week out all the time. Now, he's a few more years into his career, obviously, but a... a a level of consistency that the 49ers have found, Larry, in football, it might be the single most hardest thing to, it's easier to be the Miami Dolphins 
popping up and scoring 70 points in one week than it is to be consistent over 14 consecutive weeks of football. So what the 49ers are achieving is what happens when a really loaded roster meets a head coach and a front office that know what they're doing. This is competence. And again, I don't want to bag on old memories and off-season conversations, but there were merchants out there who sold you, tried so hard to illuminate a level of incompetence that they thought defined the 49ers. And so while people are screaming incompetence, during the middle of the most competent the 49ers have ever been, again, this is why I tell you, you choose where you get your information carefully these days because there are bad faith operators out there just looking for clout. Larry and I aren't looking for clout. We're looking for football. And we're glad that you found us over here because when we're looking at the 49ers, we're very impressed by what we see, as is everyone. Um, you know, e even people who want to be late to this party have to admit, yeah, this, this, this party's really good. It's off to a great start. Well, and, you know, now I think the great debate in Ninerland is – what is the better side of the ball? Is it is it the offense that weekly is scoring 30-plus points? Or is it the defense that has, you know, dominating players on all three levels? Greenlaw and Warner are absolutely monster, but so are Bosa and Hargrave. Um, and then you look on that back end, Lenore's getting nothing but better. Uh, I thought Isaiah Oliver had a tremendous game yesterday. Hafanga is a terrific young safety. Um, then you look at this special team unit. You know, Schneider's a terrific special team guy. Um, I, I I forget who the Niner punter is because I haven't seen him. But the, the Jake Moody, you get in, you know, get, you know, this guy can hit 60-yard field goals. I've seen it in practice. So to me, you know, when I watched the Chiefs take the Niners apart, um, you know, it was in the regular season, the last time they played, it was clear to me that you can have a great defense. You can have a Nick Bosa, but when you go up against a Mahomes and you go up against an Andy Reid, even with Bosa, even with your killer D, you're going to have to be able to put up 30. And the Niners put up 20-something with, with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they beat almost everybody, but they couldn't get over the top against Kansas City. Now under Purdy and now with the addition of, of CMC, I mean, you've got three weapons here in Ayuk, CMC, and Debo who all look poised for career years. And then you mix in the uh, ascending, constantly improving Brock Purdy. The Niner offense is as good as any in the game, and they're very, very consistent. I thought Shanahan called a great game yesterday. Um, this Arizona defense did a lot of good things, and and, and you know Gannon's got a good uh, you know a good foundation there. He's got a good sound scheme. Um, they were getting to the quarterback. They only got to Purdy one time all day. Um, you know they they've been playing really really well defensively, and the Niners just kind of you know rhythmically took them apart, and the Niners are scoring thirty points a game every single week. So it's, I don't know, what well, if I said to you, are the Niners better on offense or defense? I think most people, if they've been following the story of the last few years, would quickly say defense, defense. But are they better on defense now that they've got, 
you know, McCaffrey in a, in his career year. And Damon, the ball, the couple balls that IU caught down the field. And by the way, all the dink and dunk crowd, Purdy went up top to IU and hit him in stride. But IU's been doing this all summer, Damon, where it doesn't matter where the ball is. He'll pick it off the surface. He'll sky 10, 10 feet in the air. The guy is 6'1 and change. He plays the ball in the air like a 6'5 wide receiver. Truly great teams. The teams that you remember and talk about when you're an old man from your childhood are teams that married a great defense with a great offense. I mean, that's just where greatness happens on a football field. You know, a defense can win a championship all by itself because if the other team can't score, then all you got to do is score a little and boom, you can be champion. We saw that, you know, played out a little bit with the 85 Chicago Bears who were a defense first, second, and third football team, but also had, you know, Willie Galt and Walter Payton and some some razzle-dazzle offensively, but they were a defense first football team. The Ravens that beat the New York Giants, very much de- the most defense first football team maybe of all time because that offense was dreadful. If the 49ers continue to put up 35 points a game with this defense, Larry, they're going to win the fucking Super Bowl. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. They are going to win the Super Bowl if they continue to score like this and have a defense that plays like that. That's when greatness happens. That's when true excellence hits a field. None of this is easy. When teams start making it look easy, it's because they got those both things going for them. And the 49ers have looked pretty goddamn good in these four games that we've seen so far to the point of it bordering on easy for at least three and a half of the you know, of of the eight quarters of football that we've seen uh, more than that. Sorry, I'm bad at math, but of the halves of football, the, the, the one half where they might've struggled defensively was that first half against the Los Angeles Rams. Everything other than that's been pretty good. And I got to tell you, Arizona, you got mad scrapple in you. You really do. I'm impressed, Jonathan Gannon. I'm impressed, Josh Dobbs. I'm impressed by how hard that team played. I'm impressed by some of the ballsy coaching decisions, the fake punt going for it on fourth and seven early on in the game, right at midfield where, you know, you don't get this. It's 21, nothing Niners and good night, Irene, right away. Like they went for it. I, I respect the Arizona Cardinals. I really, really do. And they're be- think- the, the NFC West, Damon, I think it's safe to say is better than a lot of people thought. Everybody, Everybody said, about- well, oh, the NFC West, but the Rams are decent and the Cardinals are good. Let, let me just say this about, about the Cardinals. And we talked to, I talked to Loneal in the pregame about this. The Cardinals stretch you vertically with their explosives. Michael Wilson had a day yesterday. Hollywood Brown can get deep. Um, you know, Rondale Moore is a burner. And then they stretch you horizontally as well. Connor can get to the edge, even as a big back. Dobbs is a great runner. But the stat of stats, the one that made me go, okay, now I see it with the with the Cardinals, is Josh Dobbs' quarterback rating off play action, 84. When he doesn't have play action, 34. So what's the key? What was the key to winning yesterday? Getting up 21 points or getting up 21-3 and then, you know, and taking the play action game away from the Cardinals. The Cardinals the week before ran for seven yards a carry, 220 plus yards against Dallas, which is why the Niners are going to beat Dallas next week because Dallas can't stop the run. Um, The Niners held that same group to 4.2 a carry. 
Connor went for 52 yards and Dobbs didn't have play action at his disposal in the second half. And credit Dobbs, though, he ran 12 times for 48 yards. And credit Gannon, he did everything in his power. Um, he was two for two on fourth downs. He did everything in his power to try to keep them close. And still it was 35-16. So the, the difference is now between the Niners a few years ago, now they've got the ability to play complementary football. You know, if, you're, if your offense can score points, guess what? It's a whole lot easier to play defense. The defensive game plan was relatively conservative. Um, if you look at Wilkes, he wasn't sending, you know, tons of heat at Dobbs. Why? Why take chances when a team's got this kind of explosives? The Niners only sacked him one time, but they got seven hits on, on the quarterback. Four of them came from Bosa. Um, but they played relatively conservatively. Why? Because... You know, when a team's not efficient and they have home run hitters and they can throw the ball over your head, play them conservatively and make them drive the length of the field. The Niners did it. It took up time. Uh, they got just enough stops to beat them by almost 20. They're really good. I mean, they're really good. They're really good. Really good. They're really good. They have all three phases officially working. Um, like you said, it, it's like we haven't even evaluated a real punt game because we've seen so little of Mitch Wisnowski. Um, but the special teams play has been better than expected. The defense, I would even suggest that some people are saying the defense hasn't been as good as promised yet. And if you're into gaudy sack totals, and that's how you evaluate defense, I guess I see what you're talking about. Everything that you've gotten out of this defense is all you need out of a defense right to this point. So I'm not complaining about it, but those sacks are coming. You can see Nick Bosa getting closer and closer and closer by the snap. Almost like it's, it's coming. It's going to happen. Hargrave's looking great. Armstead's looking great. Um, we're going to see Drake Jackson flash again. Uh, Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw had an unbelievable afternoon yesterday. Yesterday was a day of linebacker play, shutting down Josh Dobbs early in that game with the read option. They did a really nice job. I know he got a little looser in that second half, but that's when they said, you know, it's a pick your poison. We're going to take away all of the over-the-top stuff, and if Dobbs wants to run around underneath, okay, we're going to allow that. So right. they chose that. And that's when Dobbs, like you said, all full credit in the world, 48 yards on 12 carries. He was he was hustling. And he's, he's smart. Still, he's really athletic and really smart. Yeah. And he dips his shoulder, man. He's he's not afraid of contact. He's he's a player. He's a player. Yeah, he's a player. When Arizona, when Arizona signed him, they didn't want nearly this much of Josh Dobbs. I'm, I believe that. They didn't want this year to be the competitive uh, opportunity to grow what Josh Dobbs might be. I mean, he looks better as this team's quarterback than Kyler Murray has to be completely honest. So uh, what that future looks like, we will see what the Arizona Cardinals look like when the 49ers play him again later on in the season. Um, but Larry, we are 40 minutes in. Let me welcome everybody again to 49ers wake up Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger. It's wonderful to have you. It's our simulcast on both of our channels and we're brought to you by Palmetto superfoods. Go get the acai bowl called the Bay. It is the entry point to your acai experience. And look, if you've tried it, you already know how good it is. If you haven't tried it, trust me, I don't appreciate anything from its concept of health. Like, I, is it what? 
Is it what? I know, right? Is it delicious? <laughs> yes or no? That's all I'm talking about when I'm eating. Is it good? It's freaking delicious. It's absolutely delicious and it's good for you and it'll make you feel good. And when you go pick one up at a Palmetto Superfoods, you will be very impressed by the amount of yoga pants that will be in front of you in line. So, you know, it's a target-rich environment. It's a delicious product. And with DBLK15 as your promo code, you get yourself 15% off a one-time purchase at Palmetto. And again, you try it once, you'll be hooked. Go get something good to eat and go get a date. You know, if you have, if you got two things on your list and you're like, hey, man, I got to meet my wife of the future and I got to get in shape. It's a twofer. It's Absolutely. a twofer at Palmetto Superfoods. And I'll tell you, Larry, as I'm sitting around looking at the box score, looking for, I don't know, absurdities would be the wrong word, but just looking for points that are like, oh, well, how does that make sense? How does that make sense? Say that out loud. How does that make sense? The 49ers scored 35 points without a Debo Samuel reception and George Kittle had one catch. Amazing. That, that means things are going great. And that means Christian McCaffrey right now, if we ended the NFL season after four weeks for whatever natural event caused that to happen, Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of this league. He's not oh. the offensive, most valuable offensive player of the year. No, he is the MVP of this league. And it is time for us, Larry, I want to spend at least the next 20 minutes basking in Christian McCaffrey. While, again, some content creators were counting practice, joint practice, interceptions i was saying you know mccaffrey's gonna have a monster year an absolute monster monster year this year and everything that i hoped would happen in the offseason a full offseason digesting kyle's playbook a full offseason just getting himself in a spectacular shape and you even heard fred warner brought it up he is running with a level of purpose and anger that i don't think i've seen even in last year's impressive debut christian mccaffrey has a stiff arm for everybody in this league He's probably stiff-arming water boys on the sideline, Larry. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is angry with the football, and they he plays violently. When you hear a football player playing violent, you normally associate that with someone on the line of scrimmage or a linebacker or a defensive player. He runs violently. He is initiating contact. He is not ducking anyone, anytime, anywhere. He never just goes out of bounds. He is fighting for everything, and he's stiff-arming dudes into the ground. Christian McCaffrey is not some scat finesse back who can also play the slot. His wallet is the one that says bad motherfucker on it. Right at the end of Pulp Fiction, that's his wallet, man. He is a bad, bad man. Oh, no is, doubt. The, he is he's no further away from being one of the five best players in this league larry it's one of the five best he, players in this league he's on the same list with patrick mahomes everyone you think is on that one line mccaffrey's up there with him he's a he's a he's a blue chip guy you know four four speed um one five two ten yard split which by the way is only slightly faster than brock if you can believe that 37 and a half inch vertical um, you know, this, these were his numbers coming out and, you know, it's, this guy was incredible, absolutely incredible at Stanford. Um, you know, the, once again, you know, what's Brock Purdy? He's the son of a pro athlete. What's Christian McCaffrey. He's the son of easy Ed McCaffrey. 
who was, you know, a former NFL wide receiver of note and a guy who was on. How about this? Ed McCaffrey was on the 49ers last Super Bowl championship team. And Christian McCaffrey, if I'm right, is going to be on the next 49ers Super Bowl team. This guy was spectacular in high school. He was the gate, the Colorado Gatorade High School Player of the Year. He set state records in scoring, touchdowns, all-purpose yards. He went to Stanford. The only guy who stopped him when he was at Stanford is our good friend David Shaw, who kept him out of the lineup as a rookie for Stephon Taylor or somebody like, or I forget who, it might have been uh, Gaffney. I forget who exactly played a lot when uh, Christian was a freshman. He was probably Other than, good. Like, I'll give David Shaw that credit. He, he was probably getting a lot of production out of an upperclassman, and you, you reward your upperclassman. Like, no, and no. Da- yeah, and Dave's my friend, and I love Dave, and I, th- I think the world of him. I'm just joking, of course. But, yeah, I mean, this guy is Christian McCaffrey something. He can run by you. He can run over you. You know, and um, t- there was a play early in the game where he hit the hole. The Cardinal backer, I think he was Ezekiel Turner, uh, stepped into the hole, and McCaffrey just banged heads with him. And Ezekiel Turner, I think, grabbed grabbed his face mask like four times on the day. I think he might have been called for one or two. But, man, he just – it was like Ezekiel Turner highway yesterday. He was just running right over Ezekiel Turner. And I'll tell you, Damon, while everybody is bringing notebooks to camp and writing down every little minutia, Well, guess what happens when you're writing? You're looking down and you're not looking up. And so, like, if you ever see scouts, they rarely, rarely sit there with a pen. They're watching. They like to watch the whole thing. Um, And what you got out of what you should have taken away from the 49ers offseason wasn't, you know, uh, four yard out from Darnold to McCaffrey incomplete, a seven yard curl from Lance to, you know, uh, J.P. Mason, complete. Uh, You know, you're writing all this stuff down. Um, What you should have taken was back away and get the macro. And the macro on minicamp was Christian McCaffrey reminded me of Jerry Rice. He, I I went all those years to Rockland and sweated and watched Jerry Rice um, you know, run out every pattern 40 yards down the field. Watch Roger Craig run every run and continue 40 yards down the field in 110 degrees in Rockland. And that's what Christian McCaffrey did in minicamp. Everybody else was at like minicamp speed. McCaffrey was like, I'm 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 run I'm taking this thing 30, 40 yards down the field. After a couple practices like that some of the D linemen started running with him down the field. And you're watching Spencer Wagey and these guys chasing this guy 40 yards down the field. He was a tone setter. He set the tone for the entire franchise in minicamp of how hard we're going to work. This is what, this is what I'm bringing. What are you bringing? And when you, you know, it, it, he's not a, if you, when you're in that locker room, you never even notice him. He, he's not a big guy. He's not a loud guy but he's got the respect of every man in that room because he basically, you know, he, he could have essentially by the way he practiced in May and June, you know, it was like he was screaming, this is the level I'm playing at. Can you meet my level? Right. And, and, and and it's, it's, he's a leader, man. He's a true leader. 
great outworks good. Great outworks good. And the last guy in the NBA who, when practice is over, needs to get up 500 corner threes is Steph Curry. But he'll go over there and he'll put up a 1,000 of them. You know, it's just an absurd level of dedication to the craft that you'd think this guy's officially earned the right to not have to work that hard. Like he's so established. He doesn't have to be out here trying to be a practice all American. (laughs) No, he's that's who just who he is. And the results are stunning. Um, His video game touchdown that capped that nine play 75 yard drive for the offense's second touchdown in as many drives yesterday, Larry, his 18 yard leaping run over Keytrail. Yeah. You you hurdled him, dude. And, I want you to, if you can see the replay where they get you with the, the the overhead spider cam, so you're behind the play, you're watching McCaffrey run away from you towards the end zone. And after he leaps over Clark, Clark gets up and he's the human shrug emoji. Like he's got both hands, palms straight up in the air. <laughs> right. going, what the hell was that? Like I was, uh, my my shoulder pads were right in that guy's hips. And then he just leapt over me. I mean, it, it, it it was special, special. And you know what that was, by the way, because I went into the locker room after the game and I I forget, I forget who told it to me, but somebody told me one of the players said, uh, I said, how about Christian hurdling Clark? And I think it was Willie Sneed. And he, and Willie's like, that was all film study. He had noticed during the week that the Cardinal DBs were going low. They sell out going low. They sell out going low and and uncontrolled. They weren't wrapping. They were firing their bodies low, trying to just bear, you know, just knock you off your pins, as they say. And McCaffrey noticed it, expected it, anticipated it, and then hurdled the guy. But, I mean, Christian's special, man. Anybody who saw him against Iowa in the Rose Bowl a few years ago, coming out of Stanford, he owned that day. He's just got a very smooth stride. Uh, he chops his feet. He can cut on a dime. He can change direction. He's got really, really good vision. You know, he sees the creases. Um, he protects the football in traffic. You know, he's he's ideally suited for this offense because he can read his keys on the stretch plays as well as almost any back in the league. You'll see him sink his hips into really sharp cuts. The motor is unbelievable. He does not dance. He gets downhill, um, and the feet just never stop churning, man. He just never stops moving those feet. He can make a defender miss on any level. Um, he's a special, special, special player. He's got multiple gears. Um, you know, he's he's got experience in all different formations. You can use him in a two-back. You can use him in a one-back. You can use him offset. You can flex him out. He's got excellent hands. You can throw it to him out of the slot. He's got unbelievable quickness out of the break. Um, I mean, we, I mean, the Niners don't use him in, in on special teams, but he's a very good punt returner. He's a very good kick returner. I mean, the guy's, the guy's a hell of a player. The Niners should have taken him with the pick that they used on Solomon Thomas. They probably should have traded back a couple spots in that draft and taken McCaffrey. But instead, they went with Solly. And the trade, 
you know, the, the other thing, you know, Kawakami asked Kyle yesterday in the post game. He's like, was there a chance that you weren't going to get him? Yeah, Tim, there was a very good chance because the Rams wanted him too. And the Rams were offering quite a bit. So they had to outbid the Rams to get him from Carolina. There was, it was, there was a chance he was going to be an LA Ram. Instead, he became a Niner. And what, two weeks later, had that amazing game um, that beat the Rams. And believe me, that might have been, I mean, I know I don't want to put too much on this, but we all see things as they are. But if you go back to that season and that trade deadline, that was John Lynch made an executive of the year kind of a move there. The Niners played the Rams, and they were dinged up. They needed McCaffrey to be a huge part of their offense in that game. If the Rams get McCaffrey, the Rams probably win that game. What people forget is the Niners needed every win at that point, including a win against the Rams in the final week of the year, to just get into the playoffs. So you could make an argument if Lynch doesn't pull the trigger on that trade, they don't wind up beating the Rams in the head-to-head game. They wind up losing to the Rams, and they don't make the playoffs. And there's all kinds of pressure from the fans and and probably owners on Kyle and John. Instead, he makes that trade. He gets this foundation piece. They beat the Rams. They make the playoffs. And now he's a key cog on on a Super Bowl favorite. Look, it's one. Of, it's going to go down as one of the single biggest trades in the history of Bay Area sports. If this team wins the Super Bowl, Christian McCaffrey is going to be right in the middle of that team photo, and therefore this is one of the biggest trades in the history of the Bay Area, much less just the 49ers. Since he has shown up, the 49ers have gone from good to great. I mean, that's it. The 49ers have gone from good to great, and the only thing that they haven't done was win a Super Bowl. That's it. That's the only box that they have yet to check uh, in this Kyle Shanahan era with Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy. The only thing they have not done is win a Super Bowl. And you only get one chance a year to do that. So we're not going to really hold it against them. Although some people like to hold it over them as if it's a, a shameful act. Oh, you haven't won a Super Bowl. Guess what? Most people in this league haven't won a Super Bowl. It's hard to do. Uh, the 49ers are in that rare space where they're making it look easy. And one of the reasons why it looks easy is because of this guy. And I'll I'll tell you, as excited as every Niner fan should be right now, Larry, as excited as you and I are to cover all of this, should Christian McCaffrey at any point in time this year go down with a season-ending injury? Good night. That's it. That's how important he is. That's how important he is. I mean, I don't know if their season would be done, but they are not the same team. They're not the same. I mean, everything that you're counting on now as a this is who the Niners are changes dramatically. Their DNA changes dramatically with him. Therefore, it changes dramatically without him. Uh, 177 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns. You know, it's a great day in football. If you have a two touchdown afternoon, you had a monster day in the NFL. He had four yesterday. We're going to get used to McCaffrey multiple touchdown games the same same way we get used to, oh, Steph Curry hit 10 threes in a game game again. Oh, he does that, you know. Damon, (laughs) um, it's a celebratory Monday. Uh, There's no doubt about it. But... um, we have to share this this unfortunate news. Indiana Jim says R.I.P. Russ Francis. ESPN just said that he died in a plane crash. 
I loved Russ Francis, man. Russ Francis was a phenomenal tight end, a great 49er, uh, a champion in every way imaginable, a special human being, a man, you know, a man who lived life with, with just joy. And, um, you know, he wanted to, you know, he wasn't one of these guys that just did nothing. This guy lived life with, with everything, you know, I mean, he just he loved life and was incredible, he was uh, incredible. One of, two, one of two people killed in a plane crash at Lake Placid Airport on Sunday, according to the Adirondack Daily Enterprise. The 70 year old Francis had purchased the Lake Placid Airways scenic tour business. Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association Senior Vice President Richard McSpadden was also killed in the crash. It happened at 4.09 p.m. local time at the end of the runway, which led to the Lake Placid Emergency Services, State Police, and Sarnak Lake Volunteers Rescue Squad. Everybody came to help. Um, it was a Cessna 177 Cardinal. Small aircrafts, man. Small aircrafts and athletes and Guys who play guitar, don't stay stay out of a small aircraft if you're an athlete or a guy that plays guitar. That's that's very sad. Very sad. He was still very young. That's too bad. Rest in peace. Very sad. Very in sad. Great, great Niner. Um, he was traded, you know, by the Patriots to the 49ers, another great Bill Walsh trade. The Patriots would go on and use that draft choice to draft Andre Tippett, but um you know, he, it's funny. He left the Patriots. He got a job with ABC sports and he was in Hawaii, in Hawaii for the pro bowl. Um, he interviewed Bill Walsh and Walsh told him that this was the only time in his life that he would actually be able to play football and that he would never get those years back and not to turn his back on the chance to play football. And so Russ came out of retirement after he sat out the 81 season, joined the 49ers, won a super bowl at Stanford, uh, as a member of maybe the, one of the greatest teams in of all time, the 84 Niners, he played a key role in the Super Bowl with six catches or five catches for 60 yards. And, um, you know, he had his had an incredible year in 85 with the Niners with a career high 44 receptions. He was, you know, he had a he was an incredible personality. Um, he was he had a wrestling career. I mean, the guy lived life. He jumped out of airplanes. He he took chances. Um, he 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 had a great great uh, zest for life. And sadly, he's gone at the age of seventy. And um, it's too just bad. a tragedy. And all uh, you know, he was he was beloved by all the Niners and and the Niner family. Uh, you know, obviously sends their. Thoughts and prayers to to Russ, his family. Um, just a just a spectacular, spectacular football player, but a guy who had just a beautiful smile and a zest for life. And um, I wish we all could have that kind of zest for life. Very sad day. I tell you, it was sad hearing that Tim Wakefield passed away over the weekend too, losing a Did battle. Did not hear with that cancer. either. Yeah, oh, so. very sad. Um, yeah, rest in peace to uh, all those who are, are shuffling off this mortal coil. This is a special time we have together, so let's enjoy it while we're together.